0: think back to the time that maybe you were the angriest you've ever been. For a lot of us, the reason why we got so mad may have nothing to do with what we originally thought it was. I mean, many times, something is under the surface. I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin Smalley. They lead the Focus on the Family Marriage team. And Erin, I'll put you on the spot here. Um, You're always so candid anyway, but... (laughs) Thank you. I don't Uh, have to say anything. Not you personally, but the people you work with or maybe somebody you live with, uh, how often do you see them, they're upset with their spouse, but actually there's something else going on, maybe even in their past?
1: Yes. Anger is interesting because anger is used strategically. Oftentimes it can be a primary emotion, but a lot of times it's a secondary emotion. And what that means is it could be that we are just angry and frustrated, but underneath anger, sometimes there is deeper stuff going on. There's fear, Hmm. there's hurt, there's grief, there's something else going on. And so typically when I see anger, A, it tells me that there's a lot of energy for a reason. Either we're using it to take control of a situation we feel helpless in, or we're using it to keep people away, Hmm. that we don't want to be vulnerable, and it feels vulnerable, so we use it to protect.
0: That is really interesting, and maybe I'll come back and ask a little bit more about that. But let's go ahead and hear from Gary Thomas, who wants to help you find peace in your marriage when you're going through a challenge especially if it's uh, a difficulty with anger. Focus president Jim Daly addresses uh, not just anger, they also talk about the difficulties that couples have with financial struggles.
2: So I think with couples, when you're, when you're looking at your childhood hurts, instead of just saying, oh, it makes me so angry when he does this, or I, when she disrespects me, like, I, I wanna say, why does this make you angry? Yeah. Why does this make you feel so disrespected? Why are you so sensitive to this or that? It may not it might be what your spouse is doing, but it might not be. It might be what your dad did, what your mom did, what mm. your siblings did. It's just recognizing that we bring a lot of baggage into our marriage and and I don't want my wife to have to carry it. That's where I mm. need to go get help and say, "Can you unload this so I'm not just dumping it?" on my spouse. You know, and so often, Gary, temperament plays into this and it could be either the husband or the wife. Either one can be very
0: pro counseling, the other yeah. one not so much, because for some it marks failure that I'm not measuring up Uh, all those performance issues. It's not about that. Mm -hmm. It's about getting healthy and so I just want to encourage people to remember that and try to break loose of that to make your marriage all that it can be. Let me ask you, right as we're winding up, we're going to have you come back next time if you can stick with us and we'll continue the discussion, but you say in the book, uh, and this is probably the golden nugget, at least in my experience, that God needs to be your refuge not your spouse. Man, that's gonna hit some people right between the eyes. And when couples can figure that out, it really makes you so much healthier in your relationship. (laughs) Because I I can't be that to Jean, and Jean
2: can't be that to me. And I know for you and Lisa, it's the same. There was an amazing wife. Well, there's so many amazing wives I talked to, but they had gone through financial calamity that was heartbreaking. And they'd been very wealthy in the level of millions and giving away hundreds of thousands. And then there are two things, this California housing market, and then he was getting out of it, and then COVID hit. And she finally, and this is why she could have such a good attitude with her husband and build him up just when he needed her to build him up, frankly. She quoted Psalm 23, and she said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. She says, Gary, life changed when I realized I shall not want because God is my shepherd, not because... Billy is my husband. Yeah. She didn't put that on him. She goes, we're not going to want because God is our shepherd. And so she wasn't like, how could you let this happen? Instead, she was protecting him. She was stepping in. And the way she did it was so heroic. A friend came over. They, it got so bad they had to sell their childhood home and rent a house from one of their children. Okay, at this stage in life. That's very hum- humbling. It, it's very humbling. And she knew that her husband was feeling just a little ashamed about it. And so mm-hmm. when somebody said, oh, this new house is so nice that you bought and whatnot. And she found a way without lying, <laughs> not to disabuse her of the notion that they had bought it. She didn't tell him they bought it. She, she just didn't want to say. And she goes, I didn't look down on my husband but I know that other people might look down on him. And she goes, I, I wanted to protect him. I know he works hard. I know it wasn't his fault. I know he's a good man. He's given so generously to God's work. Um, and I just love the attitude that, that she was going to protect him uh, through the midst of this. And so when you talk to her husband, he goes, Gary, at this stage in my life, I thought I would have many millions of dollars and not even have to think about earning another dollar. But If you take away the finances, I'm not a billionaire, I'm a trillionaire in the relationship I have with my wife, Mm -hmm. relationship I have with my kids, and how God is using me. And that's where life's terrible assault that's gone on now for over a decade with them has brought them closer together as a couple rather than so many couples that end up fighting and splitting over it. And now you have to have two households with the same amount of income instead of one.
0: What a touching story from Gary Thomas. And uh, Greg, the numbers, the stats about couples who have financial problems, uh, they're pretty high numbers, right? I mean, there's a lot going on. What are a couple of steps that couples can take to avoid uh, the the, the minefields and
3: pitfalls of financial difficulties? Yeah, first of all, the research shows that nearly two-thirds of all marriages start off in debt. Hmm. So even from the beginning, they're already dealing with some financial issues. Um, we all know this money's the number one conflict in marriage. And there's also some results that show about 70% of couples argued about money more than household chores, togetherness, Mm -hmm. sex, snoring. So again, it's just, it's something that we're all going to battle. Mm -hmm. The key is then how do we have that conversation about money? And I would say first and foremost, it always has to feel safe for both people there's no way that Aaron and I are going to talk about whatever the money issues are between us if if we're not really committed to making this a safe place you you start off by creating safety by managing your own emotions mm-hmm. so let's say that over my app uh bank app on my phone all of a sudden i get a notice that you know $500 have been withdrawn or something and instantly I'm like, oh, what is Aaron spent, and what is she doing? And, and it just triggers me. Maybe we've had some challenges around that, and so now I'm super stirred up. That's when I have to recognize I need to manage my emotions. I need to mm-hmm. go to the Lord. I need to, to de-escalate. I need to do something to calm down. Maybe it's even going, hey, you know what? Man, I love my wife. I don't know what's going on here, but she's a good person. She's got a great heart. We're in this together. Okay. And start breathing, start (laughs) relaxing. Because the worst thing that we can do is to jump into one of those conversations just yelling, accusing. Mm It just it so doesn't feel safe that we'll never end up being able to work through those kinds of issues. Yeah.
1: Well, and typically... What did
3: you spend the $500 on, by the way? It just came through. Uh, my probably, a probably a gift. didn't spend $500, but you. that <laughs> makes me, I'm like immediately like, what did I do? Yeah, no, I, she's all defensive. She doesn't feel safe. Exactly. What are you talking Don't about?
1: It's, it's interesting because money is one of those tender places in a lot of marriages in that you know, for women, typically with finances, we want to know we're secure. And it's interesting because Greg and John, I'd be interested to hear what you say. Just recently seeing couples, I've heard from two different men talking about resentment towards their wives that they have been carrying all the financial burden. Hmm. And the problem is they'd never put that out there to tell their wives, I want you to get a job. So, you are contributing. No. No. And she's doing her thing, and Mm. he's doing his thing, but he's feeling all this pressure. And so, there's underlying stuff that goes on. But if we don't talk about it, then. How's the other person to know? Yeah,
0: you just have to have the conversation. You know, related to all of this, I'm thinking where we're at right now, this is a season where Dina's car is breaking down, and it's like, I got to stop the bleeding. I got to put this thing out of its misery. This is an awful time to look for a replacement vehicle. Right. And we started looking at one level, and then it's sort of like, but that doesn't get you much. And we started looking at another, and then one sales guy is actually talking, well, maybe you should just get a new car. And it's suddenly, suddenly our budget more than doubled. And I'm thinking, okay, I want to solve the problem. And, you know, you mentioned security, Aaron, but I don't want Dina in a car that's going to be breaking down someplace. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's me. I want to avoid a problem for me, frankly. I'm not worried about her safety.
1: <laughs> You're <laughs> but worried you about her safety. Say, I want to get something that doesn't
0: need so much work and needs, need attention. So it's sort of like, well, if we're spending this much, let's buy a newer vehicle. And she finally just said, you know, I, I want to wait. I'm not comfortable with what we're talking about. And that was a real critical moment for me to decide, what about me? Because I want to solve the problem. And if it were Mm -hmm. up to me, she'd be driving something different already. I would have solved that because I'm not worried about the long-term security. We've got that. I want the short-term taken care of. And I had to just say, okay, Lord, I respect and honor her. We've never really had any fights about money. I'm certainly not going to start now. So I'll just set it aside. And if she breaks down, then... We'll maybe have an issue to talk about, and maybe she'll be willing to spend some more money. But she didn't say no. She just said, I'm not comfortable, and I had to have the wherewithal, and it was the Lord saying, hey, guy, pay attention here. This is an opportunity for you to affirm her Mm -hmm. and not get mad at her.
3: Yeah, and that's a—it's a great example of of how the attitude necessary and what we really want to do within those conversations. But also that that you matter as well, Mm -hmm. and so there'd be nothing wrong with even like calling a timeout to go, hey, let let's step back from figuring out the decision, and let me share kind of how I'm feeling. You know, you're hearing that she's feeling insecure you're also feeling, you know, A little anxious, whatever. anxious yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. to just to spend a moment to hear, to care about, and for both of you to care about how the other's feeling, I mean, that's the stuff that connects us. And here all of a sudden, a hot topic like, you know, spending money, all of a sudden, man, we go, whoa, we feel more connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you don't even have a solution formed yet, but... That's how those conversations can go. That's exactly where we're at. We feel connected. I've kind of yielded on this
0: because of her lack of comfort with any amount that we're going to be spending right now. So...
3: God's got it. Aaron uh, will give you I, I, her sure. vehicle. That's what. That's what we're taking away. I mean, actually, from this. yeah, this
0: is just a, a very, a very bald plea for somebody. Please help me solve my problem. I'm sure God is touching you. To, no. Uh, well, we want to encourage you to follow up on this topic because we want you to have a strong marriage. And Gary Thomas uh, shared such wisdom in that conversation with Jim about. Getting Through the Tough Times, and um, his book is amazing. It's called Making Your Marriage a Fortress. We've got that here at the ministry. Uh, Request a copy, go through it together, and strengthen that all-important marriage relationship. Uh, The book is available for a donation of any amount to focus on the family today. Uh, Make a one-time gift, or if you can, a monthly pledge of any amount. Uh, Support the ministry, and we'll say thank you for doing so by sending Gary's book to you. We also have a free article called Money and Marriage, How to Thrive in Love and Money. And it covers a lot of the struggles that we've touched on here and offers some really good solutions. Uh, That's a free article. You can find it right away. The link is in the show notes. Next time, more from Gary Thomas about the dangers of having a marriage that's isolated. And uh, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller. And thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family
3: Marriage Podcast.